0: Presenting Kenneth E. Hagan, Things That Belong to Us. Gather together in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to lift up our voices in prayer and praise and song and adoration and thanksgiving unto thee for thy love and kindnesses and tender mercies which are ours. We thank you for your great plan of redemption that you planned and sent the Lord Jesus Christ to carry out. We thank you that we're privileged to walk in the light of that redemption today. We thank you for your precious, holy, written Word. And as we approach your Word tonight, we approach it reverently and humbly. We thank you for the Great, Mighty One, the Holy Spirit, whom you've sent to indwell us, to be our teacher, to be our guide. We trust Him tonight to live big in us, to think through our minds, to speak through our lips to unveil the word of God through these lips of clay unto our hearts, unto our spirits. We pray for all of us that we shall not just be hearers of the word only, deceiving our own selves as the scripture said, but may we be doers thereof, walking in the light of the word of God, putting your word into practice. For it's then that we become recipients of all you provided for us, In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. 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 You may be seated. I'll invite you to open your Bible to the first chapter of the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to read the first three verses. Paul writing to the church at Ephesus says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are which at are Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Thank God this letter uh, belongs to and applies to the saints in Tulsa or wherever you live and to all who are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Let's read the fourth verse also. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, I want you to notice particularly this third verse. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us, not who's going to bless us, but who hath blessed us. Well, in modern usage, we'd say who has, has blessed us. What has He blessed us with? How has He blessed us with all spiritual blessings? With all there are, there aren't any more. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. I want to talk to you tonight about things that belong to us. Hallelujah. A lot of Christians don't even know that certain things belong to them. They keep trying to get what's theirs already. So they're out of faith and so they can't please God. Because the Bible said without faith it's impossible to please Him. Thank God our wonderful Heavenly Father in His great grace has given to the church enough to make it rich and strong. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. Now, what does he mean by that? Every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies, in heavenly places, or in the heavenlies, one trying to read, in heavenly places in Christ, in Christ. He means that in Christ's redemptive work, all that God did in Christ, you remember 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 tells us verse 19 tells us that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself hallelujah that's so important I think maybe we make a mistake quote why don't we just turn there for just a moment and read it 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 we're all familiar with verse 17 therefore if any man be in christ he is a new creature old things have passed away behold all things have become new but this 19th verse is just as true as the 17th verse is to wit that god was in christ remember these all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in christ god was in christ Reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. Think about that. Imputing is a, an accounting term. The Amplified Translation said he's, he's not counting up or holding against men their trespasses. Somebody but canceling them. See, he didn't just cancel our sin, he canceled everybody in the world's sin. Somebody said, "Well, they'll all be saved, won't they? No, because they're still sinners. They need to get born again, become believers, and that's why it'll be so terrible when they get out into hell and find out they didn't have to go there. That all their sins, God wasn't holding them against them, but He'd canceled them out. Hallelujah! And he's given to us the ministry of reconciliation. So, in His redemptive work, all that God did in Christ." Till the time that he was made sin. Notice that 21st verse of that 5th chapter of 2 Corinthians. For he hath made him to be sin for us. Who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So in his great redemptive work. From the time that he made him Christ to be sin. Until Jesus ascended on high and sat down at the right hand of majesty, everything that God did in Christ belongs to the church, the body of Christ. We have been blessed. Jesus did nothing for himself. He didn't need to. He did it for us. And uh, God, the Father, didn't need anything. All that He did was for us. Remember the golden text of the Bible, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. You see, Jesus was our Father, God's gift to a lost world. He's not God's gift just to the church. He's God's gift to the whole world. God so loved the world. He's God's gift to a lost world. And you know what? He's never taken back that gift. Jesus still belongs to the world. The world owns Jesus. Whether it acknowledges its ownership or not, it still does because God gave him to the world, and he hadn't taken him back. Are you listening to me? All that Jesus did in his substitutionary sacrifice is the private property of the individual for whom Jesus did it. Now, for whom did he do it? Just you and me that's been born again? No, thank God he did it for the whole world. He did it for everybody. You know what? The sinner does not need to beg God to save him. The work's already been accomplished. All that he needs to do is to accept it and thank God for it, and then it becomes his. What do you have to do to receive a gift anyway? You know, the Bible said in another place that the wages of sin is death. But the gift, everybody say the gift, The gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Hallelujah. The gift. Well, it's your birthday today, we'll say. And we've got a birthday gift for you. Here, come and get it. Now, how long would you have to get on your knees here and beg and cry and pray and fast before you can get that birthday gift? No, sir. No, sir, you wouldn't have to do that at all. All you got to do is just come, bless God, acknowledge it's yours, believe it's yours, reach your hands out and take it. Thank God God's gift belongs to us. Hallelujah. Amen. Sometimes I've, I've had through the years, because this isn't anything strange. I've been preaching like this for over 50 years. I remember I've had pastors to say to me, Brother Hagin, you just make it too easy for people to get saved. I said, no, it wasn't me that made it easy. It was God. Amen. Amen. I didn't send Jesus. I didn't offer the gift of eternal life to everyone that would come and receive the gift. Did you? No, thank God. God in his great mercy made it possible and made it easy. Hallelujah. Thank God. You see, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 said, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Verse 9, not of works, lest any man should boast. Salvation is a gift. Faith comes by acting on the word of God. We act on the Word. We take Jesus Christ as our Savior. We confess Him as our Lord, and we receive eternal life that very moment, the very life of God. Ephesians chapter 2, That we're right there in that. Look at the 10th verse now. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Did you notice that? Created in Christ Jesus. Now go back to our original text. He hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in Christ. We are His workmanship created by God in Christ Jesus. You see, the work was accomplished before Christ arose from the dead. And that work belongs to us now. All we need to do is to accept it. Just accept it. Hallelujah. Now. Let's go just a step further. Thank God we all know the new birth, salvation, the new birth, the remission of sins belongs to us. But did you ever stop to think about it? Healing belongs to us. Now let's go back first to Isaiah, the 53rd chapter in the Old Testament, verses 4 and 5. Surely he has borne our griefs, King James' translation said, and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Now, actually, in the Hebrew, if you look it up, you'll find the word griefs and sorrows here is correctly is translated, Surely he he hath borne our sicknesses, our diseases, and carried our pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Verse 5, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Now then, come over to the New Testament. See, that's Isaiah uh, before Calvary, giving us a preview of the coming Messiah and of Jesus dying and being raised from the dead and purchasing salvation for us. Now notice, Peter looking back to the cross in 1st Peter chapter 2 verse 24 says who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed now notice that uh, Isaiah is prophesying looking to the future of what is going to come to pass Peter is not prophesied. He's stating a fact of something that has already happened. By whose stripes ye were healed. Now remember Matthew said in Matthew 8, 17, he was quoting Isaiah. He said that Isaiah the prophet said himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Now, you see, God laid our diseases on Jesus, or the cause of them, and by whose stripes ye he were healed. By whose stripes ye he were healed. I've seen people that have been seeking healing for years, good people, splendid people, wonderful people, spirit-filled people, seeking healing for years, and say to me, I, I don't know why God won't heal me. And I've said to them just to get their attention, he's not going to heal you. Oh? He's not? No, I said, he's not going to heal you. You see, healing's already bought and paid for. It's yours. Every single time that I was able to move that person to the place to believe what the Scripture said. See, we think we believe what the Scripture says a long time. We don't believe it at all. See, the Scripture said by whose stripes he were healed. Well, if we were, I was, and if I was, I am. And as Fred Price said, I is. I I is healed, present tense. Amen. Amen. Now, see, start believing that. Start believing that. Every time I've got people to do that, every time, almost instantly, they were well. And I've seen people that were crippled and couldn't walk a step. The doctor said they'd never walk again. When I got them to see that truth. And they'd been praying and begging and crying that God would heal them. And you know, in our early stage of spiritual development, very often God met us there. Because we didn't know any better. We were babies. I said to the prayer school here one day, you know, I learned, I I can't remember (coughs) uh, when I first started praying that way. But, But I can remember when I prayed, now I laid me down to sleep. I prayed the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I prayed the Lord my soul to take. Do you ever pray that? I can't remember the first time I prayed that. I can't remember. But how many of you pray that away now? <laughs> no, you see, you've outgrown that. You know the same thing's true spiritually. We get born again children of God just in a babyhood state of development. And and God meets us on that level because we don't know any better, and thank God He does. But did you ever just really stop and think about it? That the believer really doesn't need to ask God to heal him? Because surely He has borne our sicknesses. All the believer needs to do is to know that healing belongs to him. You really don't need to pray for something that already belongs to you. I recite very often, just the other day here at prayer school, I related this. Twice, actually, in in, in my life, uh, it it seemed that death had come and fasted itself on me, and I just started laughing. Now, I don't mean I felt like laughing. Now, there is such a thing as laughing in the Spirit. You're inspired to laugh. I mean, you can't hardly do anything else but laugh. Amen? You're in the Spirit. But I just started laughing right in the face of the devil, just myself. I remember I was holding a meeting one time. And I'd gotten off to sleep, sleeping good. Now, I was awake at about 1.30 in the morning. And I had some of the most severe heart symptoms. I mean, it just looked like everything could come back on me. Well, I can remember that when I was bedfast, you know, five different doctors on my case and medical science said there wasn't anything you could do. And so the devil said to me, well, it's no use turning to medical science. They can't do anything. They've already told you that. And now this has come back on you and you're going to die. That's what's going to happen to you. This is one time that you're not going to get your healing. <laughs> well, I was standing in the Tell telling the real truth about the matter. I was holding a meeting. I don't think they ever it, but I was holding a meeting for brother and sister Goodwin in Pasadena, Texas. And so I was in a bedroom, you know, down the hall from them. I didn't want to wake them, disturb them. And so I pulled the cover up over my head and started laughing. <laughs> just like this. Sounded just exactly like this. I don't mean it felt like laughing. I just started laughing. ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha,
1: ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha, ha
0: see, covered my head up to muffle it, you know, it was in the wintertime, February, ha, 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 I just kept on, now at a time like that, I don't know, I had my head covered up, couldn't look at the watch, don't know how long it was, but you know, a lot of times, I know a few seconds sometimes would seem like 10 minutes, it seemed to me like I must have laughed for 10 minutes, I don't know how long I laughed if the devil hadn't spoke to me, but he spoke to me again, and this time he said, what are you laughing about? See, I knew that there was a devil talking earlier and said, this is one time you're not going to get healed because that's doubt and that's unbelief. That couldn't be God. It's not in line with the Bible. And, 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 and so here's this voice again that said, what are, you, what are you laughing about? I said, I'm Mr. Devil. I'm laughing at you. What are you laughing at me about? I said, because you said I'm not going to get healed. That's right. That's right, you're not going to get your healing. This is one time you're not going to get healed. I said, ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, Just went on like that. Just kept on till he said the second time, what are you laughing about? I said, I'm laughing at you. What are you laughing at me about? I said, Because you said I'm not gonna get healed. That's right. This is one time that you're not gonna get healed. I said, ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. ha. I just kept on. It seemed to me like I must have laughed 10 minutes. I don't know, it didn't time. And the third time, you see, he said to me again, What are you laughing about? I said, I'm laughing at you. What are you laughing at me about? I said, because you said you're, I'm not going to get healed. That's right. That's right. You're not going to get healed. This is one time that you're not going to get healed. I said, ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha, ha. I didn't feel like laughing. I'm not inspired to laugh. I'm really just laughing in the flesh. I'm just putting it on. Amen. I know Jesus had just received the Holy Ghost, been anointed the Holy Ghost, but he went out in the wilderness, he fasted 40 days and night. I know man he felt so inspired when the devil come, because he was hungry, and said, If you're the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. But Jesus said, It's written, Hallelujah. Amen. And so the fourth time the devil said to me, What are you laughing about? I said, I'm laughing at you. What are you laughing to me about? I said, You said, I'm not going to get healed. That's right, that's right This is one time you and I are going to get healed I said, ha ha, Mr. Devil I don't expect to get healed Sure I'm not going to get healed No, I don't expect to get healed You know why? Because I am Pulled the cover off my head, turned the light on and Got my Bible, it's right there on the table And opened it to 1 Peter 2, 24 I said, you see here, in case you can't read I'll read this to you Amen. Who his own self by our sins in his own body on the tree. That we being dead to sins should live under righteousness. By whose stripes ye were. Ye were. See, I said to the devil, we were healed. I was healed. I am healed. I'm not trying to get it. What I'm gonna get it for, Jesus already got it for me. Jesus already got it for me. No use of me trying to get it. All I've got to do is to believe it. All I've got to do is to appropriate it. All I've got to do is receive it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I said, just, 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 just pack up your duds and get out of here. And I'll tell you, he scurried around there and got everything belonged to him and all of his symptoms and left. <laughs> Amen. All we need to do is to rebuke the enemy in Jesus' name and order him to leave our bodies. And just begin to thank God for what belongs to us. Say it out loud. By whose stripes? By whose stripes ye were healed? Ye were healed. By whose stripes? By whose stripes we, we, were healed. Were healed. If we were healed? If we were healed, I was healed. By whose, By whose stripes I was healed. Hallelujah. I believe that in my heart. And because I believe that in my heart, I, heart, say, it my I say it with my mouth. By whose stripes I was healed. I was healed. I
1: was
0: healed. Hallelujah. I if I was
1: healed,
0: I was healed, I am healed. I am Glory to God. I have testimonies, some of them I met personally. I, uh, I tried to in crusades, yet yeah, shake hands with people in the morning times. They got a good, good testimony, and again and again I have folks to tell me. Other folks write me, in. I never even prayed for them, never laid a hand on them. They, they, they heard me make that kind of a statement and just appropriated it and were perfectly healed of incurable diseases. Medical science and said, we can't do anything for you. There's no, there's no cure for it. But years afterwards, they were still alive and so well. It's all so simple. You know, the thing about it is that, that many times folks try to make things so complicated, folks can't understand it. No, that's not God. I said, that's not God. God made it so simple that even the simple can understand it. Hallelujah. Amen. Now here's a good scripture to stand on. I wonder if we can stand on the word. I heard them singing somewhere recently on the radio uh, uh, from some service or somewhere or something, an old one. Standing on the promises. We used to sing that. Standing on the promises. It cannot fail. Glory to God. Standing on the promises of God. Well, look at the 27th psalm and the first verse. hallelujah amen. amen now here's a good scripture to stand on I wonder if we can stand on the word i heard him singing somewhere recently on radio uh, uh, from some service somewhere something an old one standing on the promises we used to sing that standing on the promises it cannot fail glory to god standing on the promises of god well look at the 27th psalm in the first verse The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Now that belongs to us. I'm talking about things that belongs to us. Hallelujah. That belongs to us. The Lord my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? The Lord the strength my life of whom shall I be afraid who is the strength of my life the Lord Lord is hallelujah see this belongs to us now isn't he our present tense Lord well he's my life and salvation The, the Hebrew word translated salvation here means deliverance. he's my light and my deliverance he's the strength of my life that's the reason he said, Whom shall I fear? That's the reason he said, Of whom shall I be afraid? You see, this belongs to us now. Light, salvation, deliverance, knowledge, redemption. Hallelujah. He has become our deliverance. Now, let's turn to the New Testament and read a verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. 1 Corinthians, I'm talking about things that belong to us now. Not that's going to be ours in the sweet by and by. But now, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. Did you wear your shouting clothes tonight? But but of him are ye in Christ. There's another one of those marvelous in Christ scriptures. Remember our text said, Blessed be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in Christ. See? All right. But of him are ye, this is one of these spiritual blessings, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God, Christ Jesus of God, is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Woo, my, my, my. That's enough to get you started shouting into the middle of next week. Praise God Amen Now let's look at the things that God has made Jesus to become to us Our sanctification He is our righteousness He is our wisdom He is our redemption Hallelujah And that belongs to us now That's not going to be ours if we promise to be better and do better fast every other day. No, it already belongs to us. Just ours. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Notice He's our redemption. Now notice here in Ephesians, go back to Ephesians again, we were there to begin with. The first chapter in the seventh verse, in whom that's in Christ, you know, we have redemption. I like another translation that's got the word our in there, our redemption. That's who it belongs to, it's ours, it's mine in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness, actually the Greek literally says, the remission of sins according to the riches of His grace. See, we we believers, we folks who have been redeemed, who have been born again, we don't have to try to believe that we are redeemed because we are redeemed. We don't have to try to believe that we're in Christ because we are in Christ. Amen? Amen. I remember one time I was holding a meeting in the, one of the northern states and, uh, and, and there was a fellow, one of the leaders of the church said to me, because uh, he switched with somebody and, and worked at night. Because he wanted to be in the day service, so he didn't get in on the night service. He wanted the day teaching service, see. So he's there every morning, 10 o'clock. And the pastor talked to me about him, about what a great Christian he was, and just the finest man there is among us. And somewhere or another in my teaching I got off on uh, the, the 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 subject of righteousness. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. And so he said to me after one of the morning, sir, I said, brother, I don't just understand what you're saying here. You know, he said, now, I know I've been born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. All my family saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. And in this church and regular attendance, the pastor already told me he's the best one there was there. And he said, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to be righteous. I said, I want to ask you a question we just stand here talking to everybody. Well, there's a few folks left, most of them is gone. We stand down here. I said, are you a man or a woman? (laughs) Why, he said, I'm a man. I said, could you ever get to be a woman just trying to be one? How'd you get to be a man anyway? Well, he said, I was born that way. I said, that's the way you get to be righteous. You're born that way. He saw it. I thought the fellow's gonna go through the ceiling. He'd been working for years trying to get to be righteous. But when he saw it, glory to God, I thought he's going up right then. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Now let's go back again to verse that we referred to a moment ago, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. See, we don't have to try to believe that we're sons of God. We are. We are. We're in the family. John said in the first epistle of John, the third chapter the first verse, Beloved, now are ye the sons of God, not a-going to be. me. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, First John 3, 2 it is, and, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. When are we the sons of God, when we get over there? No, now. Not, not now. now but we know that when he shall appear doesn't yet appear what we shall be but we know that when he shall appear we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is hallelujah so we don't have to try to believe that he remits our sins and pray to that end because our sins are remitted see remission of sins belongs to the sinner thank God all of our sins were remitted. Now then, as believers, if we sin, we confess them and He forgives them. It's a difference between remission and forgiveness. We need to see it, but that's not my subject. So then, thank God, our sins are remitted and we stand in the presence of God acquitted, justified. That old sin nature has been put away. Oh yeah, you've still got the flesh to deal with. We know that. But therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Isn't that what he said? That's talking about that inward man. See, this is the the 17th verse uh, of this 5th chapter of 2 Corinthians. You could go back to the 16th verse of the 4th chapter of 2 Corinthians. And Paul deals with the outward man and the inward man. He said, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perisheth or is decaying yet the inward man is renewed day by day now you see Paul didn't write a letter in chapter and verses to the Corinthians and he's still talking about the same thing here when he said therefore if any man well which man is it the outward man or the inward man it's the inward man it's the inward man that's in Christ Jesus it's the inward man that's made a new man New creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. How many things? All All things have become new. So you see, that sin nature in our spirits has been done away with. It's gone, and we've got a new nature. Yeah, you still got the flesh. You got to keep it under. Paul said, I keep under my body. You got to crucify it. That that hurts, don't it? Crucify. Amen. The flesh amen present your bodies to God a living sacrifice but on the inside of us that man on the inside has become a new man in Christ and got a new nature the nature of God you know I didn't hear that kind of teaching but when I was born again I I saw immediately the things that I once loved I no longer loved the things that I once hated now loved amen I remember years ago down in Texas a man said to me he was with us for a little while and went to church and so on and so forth. Oh, he said, Dear Lord, I, I couldn't live like you folks. My, my, my. See, he couldn't because his nature is all wrong. I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand it. I couldn't live like that. Save my life. Well, sure he couldn't. His nature all wrong. He just couldn't hardly get away from us so he could go get something to drink. That he shouldn't be drinking. Hard liquor. Couldn't hardly wait till he got away from us. Till he'd go do some other things that are wrong. But you know one day I saw that fellow get born again. His nature got changed. He thought this is the greatest thing in the world. And he said, you know, I can't do those things I used to do. I just don't want to. I'll tell you they're obnoxious to me. I'll tell you I hate them. Isn't this wonderful over here? Well, we'd try to tell him that all the time. He thought it was terrible. Because his nature's wrong. But now his nature's got right. His inward nature, his spiritual nature. Now he's got the life and the nature of God in him. And he's become a new man in Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ. Now, let's come again to Colossians, the first chapter. The 13th and 14th verses. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness? Another translation said, the Father, because you see, it's his plan of redemption that Jesus came and carried out. The Father hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom, in Christ, in other words, or in whom we have redemption. Through His blood, through the blood, even the forgiveness are the remission of sins. Can you say amen? amen? Thank God we've been translated. Yeah, our bodies are going to be translated one of these days, but the spirits have already been translated. Amen. Our bodies are going to be raised from the dead one of these days. And we that are alive and remain, our bodies will go through the same change, and the twinkling of an eye, we'll all be changed. But thanks be unto God, our spirits have already been resurrected. Amen. Amen. Because the scripture said, "Ye who were dead, Ephesians two one, ye who were dead." This something belongs to us now. We were dead in trespass and sin. Hath he quickened, or hath he made alive? Amen. Amen. Praise God. And so we've been translated, we have been delivered, delivered from the power, from the authority of darkness. Now if you know that, you don't have to pray to get delivered from the devil. I'm talking about believers. I said if you know that, that's the reason we need to teach people that. Christians will go around talking about what the devil's done I remember years ago in full gospel church My wife and I was pastoring We was having a testimony meeting A lady got up and testified and said The devil's been after me all the week Bless his holy name I know she got her praise misplaced But it seemed like she was praising the devil And you'll find that Christians very often Even spirit filled Christians Will talk more about the devil And what he's a doing Than they will about God and what he's a doing I'm praying for deliverance. Well, this scripture said that we who, who have the Father <coughs> have delivered us from what? From the power, from the authority of darkness. Now, in, in that word, darkness isn't that everything that Satan is? Isn't that his kingdom and everything that goes with it? I, I, I've, been I, I've been delivered. I've been delivered. I've been delivered. I'm not going to be, I have been, see, except that. And has translated us. Translate means take out of one and put in the other. He's taken us out of the kingdom of darkness. He's taken us out of the authority of darkness. He's taken us out of the power of darkness. If anything has power over you, it, it has authority over you. If anything has power over you, it, it rules you. The believer can't be ruled by demons and evil spirits. If they can, then the body of Christ can be ruled by demons and evil spirits. Amen. But Jesus is the head of the body, isn't he? Yes. Amen. Now, I may feel like, yeah, but Brother and I'm the least member of this. I'm, I'm the little toenail <laughs> on the little toe of the left foot. The devil still can't rule over you. Right. He don't have any authority to do so. Because God, in His great plan of redemption, that He planned and sent the Lord Jesus. I'm talking about things that belong to us now. You know, very often, we are praying for things that's already ours. I just wonder sometimes if God doesn't just say, why don't you wake up and find out what belongs to you? You and get up and walk in the light of it. I remember reading a testimony years ago uh, of a dear man. Now, he had come into the baptism of the Holy Ghost and had become a Pentecostal pastor. But for a good many years, he was a Methodist minister. He was a seminary graduate. He had a working ability of the Greek and Hebrew language. And in those days, not too many did. And he, in his testimony, he he said, uh, you, you see, back there years ago in the Methodist church, see, the Methodist church came from John West as a founder. And they originally were holiness people. And even as late as nineteen forty-nine, I remember they had their national Methodist conference in nineteen forty-nine in San Antonio, Texas, national conference. And one of the leaders said, "We're going to have to change our well." I call them bylaws, the book of discipline, because said we're making all of our preachers outliers, because our discipline said that no minister shall use tobacco in any form, and yet so many of them are. And so they voted to change it and voted to backslide. Don't shut me down now because I'm preaching real good. Because every step backwards is a step toward backsliding, is not it? That one old black preacher, though, said, How in the world can you backslide and you ain't never slid forward yet? So I don't know. There may be some question here. Nonetheless, this minister said, Now, here he is, pastor. They sent pastors, Methodists, still do. Here he is, pastor, and they're having their convention in Chicago. And so he said, I had never been able to get delivered from smoking cigarettes. Now, I'd laid them down long enough that at the time that I filled out my questionnaire, because I said, then the Methodist church asked their ministers, you know, do you use tobacco in any form? If you did, they wouldn't license your ordain And so I had quit long enough for about a month that at that time I could say yes, you know, that he didn't use it. And so he said, uh, we're having this convention, and I was downtown Chicago, and I got back up in a back alley and smoked a cigarette. It's called, called convention delegates are there, you see. If they see him, they'll turn him out. They'll take his church away from him. They'll defrock him. He won't be no longer method, and he knows that. And so he said he got back up in that alley, see where nobody can see him, and smoked his cigarette. And then he came out, started walking down the street, and then he felt so bad. Oh, he said I felt so bad. Oh, I felt so bad, and I began to cry right up. Lord, God, Lord, Lord. He said, "You know I'm struggling with it, Lord. You know I'm trying to quit, Lord. I've done my best. You know I've done my best. I've even fasted for days about this." And he said, just like a voice spoke to him, he said, that's the trouble. You've tried to do it all. Don't you know that I delivered you? Don't you see the scripture who had delivered us? Who hath deli- who's going to deliver us? No. Don't you know that I delivered you on Calvary? In my death, burial, and resurrection, and ascension, and seating? Don't you know I delivered you from everything that's hurtful and, 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 and uh, hateful, and everything that's wrong, he said, I stopped right there on the street in Chicago. And I said, Lord, yeah, yeah, yeah. You did, didn't you? Thank you. He said, from that moment to this, I never even wanted another cigarette. Never even wanted one. Never even wanted one. Never even wanted one. You see, he had been praying. Fasting. He said one time he fasted 14 days. Think about fasted 14 days for deliverance, and the Bible said here is already delivered. Fasted for something that the Bible says already his. I'll tell you, if it wasn't for these televisions, so these folks seem real good, I'd get down there and preach. <laughs> Sometimes you get down there, you know, you can see whether it's reds or on folks or not. Amen. Getting the, the whites of their eyes, you know. No, thank God we've been delivered. Said I not, I've been delivered. i am delivered delivered. hallelujah Hallelujah. Glory glory to god 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 i'm talking about things that belongs to us things that belongs to us amen you know you don't have to try to get something that's already yours i mean you fellas already married you're not trying to get married are you you shouldn't be You're in trouble if you are because you are married. And you women that's already married, you're not trying to get married, are you? If you are, you're in a bad shape because you are married. Thank God the Bible said these things are ours. Who hath the Father God in His great mercy, in His great plan of redemption, hath delivered us from what? The power power, authority, the rule, the dominion of what? Darkness, 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 glory to God, and has translated us into the kingdom. Talk about kingdom living, here's kingdom living, into the kingdom of his dear son, Christ Jesus, glory to God. Did you ever stop to think about it? And, 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 you know, this, I'm not so smart that I thought this up. I don't know anything much. Whatever I know came to me by revelation. But I can remember right here in the state of Oklahoma, December of 1952, the pastor and I were praying with his little daughter before she went to bed in the kitchen of the parsonage when... Uh, Suddenly, Jesus appeared to me. He's standing about where the ceiling of the kitchen should be. And he began to say to me, began his conversation with me, but said, I'm going to uh, teach you concerning the devil, demons, and demon activity. Because from this day forward, what's known in my word as discerning of spirits will operate in your life when you're in the spirit. And so the entire vision lasted an hour and a half. But we got right down to the end of that hour and a half vision. And Jesus is talking to me. I could see myself kneeling here. I could see him standing there about where the ceiling of the kitchen should be. And this demon ran up between us. Now he's talking to me about how to deal with demons and our authority and all of that. And this demon ran up between us. The demon looked a whole lot like, a similar, let me say, not, not his face, but his body, looked a whole lot like a little monkey. And he ran up there right in midair and began to jump up and down and swing his arms out and his legs out and holler in a real shrill voice, yakety-yak-yak, yakety-yak-yak. Yak. Just, just, it just hurt your ears, it's so shrill. And then put out something like a smoke screen, a dark cloud. I couldn't see Jesus, couldn't see him. And I I heard the sound of his voice, but I couldn't distinguish a word. I could not distinguish a word. I could not distinguish a word. And I almost panicked. I thought, I'm missing what he's saying. I needed to hear that. Don't he know I'm not getting it? Don't he know I need to hear that? Why don't he do something about that devil? Why don't he rebuke that spirit? These thoughts, you know, are going fast through my mind faster than a machine gun can fire bullets. And I thought them over a time or two. And finally, just in desperation, I pointed to that spirit and I said, I command you to shut up in Jesus' name. And when I did, he fell down, hit the floor, (laughs) kerflop. And the dark cloud disappeared. And he lay there on the floor and shook. just, Just shook like he's having a chill and whined like a little old pup you'd whipped, And I don't know, without thinking, I just said, not only shut up, but get up and get out of here. And he jumped up and ran out. And then Jesus said something to me that absolutely upended my theology. Just exactly opposite of what I thought. You know, sometimes our theology needs to be upended. If it's not in line with the word of God, it does. He upended my theology. Jesus said to me, if you hadn't done something about that, he pointed down where the devil had been, he just got up and left. If you hadn't done something about that, I couldn't. I said, Lord, I misunderstood you. Uh, You didn't say, if I hadn't done something about that demon, you couldn't. You said you wouldn't, didn't you? No. He said, I said, if you hadn't done something about that, I couldn't. No, no, no. I said, I I, 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 I misunderstood you. Now, you didn't say, if I hadn't done something about that demon, you couldn't. You said you wouldn't, didn't you? No, no. He said, I said, if uh, you hadn't done something about that, I couldn't. i got to hold my ear and show you. I said, there's something happened to my hearing. There's something happened to my hearing. I, I-, I know I-, I didn't hear you right, because that can't be right. Now, you didn't say, if I hadn't done something about that, you-, you couldn't. You said you wouldn't, didn't you? And I never will forget. I mean, he spoke this time very emphatically. I mean, almost like he's angry. I think I know what he looked like when he took the whip and drove the money chambers out of it. It seemed like his, his eyes just shot little lightning light. He said, no, I said I couldn't. I said, dear Lord. I said, I don't believe that. Not only do I don't believe it, I said, I can't believe it. Well, I said, that's different than anything i ever heard. That's different than they taught me as Baptist. That's different than what I learned among the Pentecostals. Lord, you you, you know, I I can't accept that. I said, I I don't care. I'll not accept any vision. I don't care if I am seeing you. I don't care if I do see you just as real to me as any man ever talked to. Unless you could prove that to me by the Scriptures and by the New Testament, because we're living under the New Covenant, not the Old One. And then the Bible said in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. And I said, you'll have to give me at least three witnesses that will establish that in the New Testament for me to accept it. And he smiled so sweetly and said, I'll go you one better, I'll give you four. Why, I said, Lord, if there's anything like that in there, I don't know it. And I've read the New Testament through 150 times. I've quit bragging about it. (laughs) but I said it in 1952 and he said why son there's a lot in there you don't know yet and I'm still finding out that there's a lot in there I don't know yet and then he went on got me in hotter water yet before he got me out deeper water he said uh, there's not one single scripture in all the Bible particularly in the New Testament because you're living under the New Covenant, not one single scripture anywhere that tells you to pray against the devil. There's not one single scripture, he said, that tells you, the church he's talking about, to pray that I, the Lord Jesus Christ, or God the Father, will do anything about the devil. And then he went further. He said to pray against the devil or to pray that I, the Lord Jesus Christ, will do anything about the devil or God the Father is to waste your time. I said, dear Lord, dear Lord, I've wasted so much time. Because I've done it. We just pick up, you know, whatever others are doing, whether it's right or wrong. I'm talking about things that belong to us. Thank God, deliverance belongs to us, and the name of Jesus belongs to us. I said, the name of Jesus belongs to us. I said, the name of Jesus belongs to us. Well, you don't have to pray that God would give you deliverance. You've got it, it's yours. You don't have to pray that God will give the church the name of Jesus. He's already given that name to us. Amen? Amen. So then he began to give me scripture. He went first to Matthew, the the 28th chapter. And you come down to the end of the chapter. He said, now, it says, when I arose from the dead... I said to the disciples, all power. And again, that Greek word there is translated authority elsewhere. All authority is given unto me. That's unto Jesus now. In heaven and in earth or on earth. Now he said, if you stop reading right there, then you would say, well, dear Lord Jesus, you do have authority on earth. It said so. But he said, I immediately delegated that authority on the earth to the church. I immediately said to them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I immediately said, these signs, one of the signs that would follow them, them that believe is, in my name, they'll cast out devils. You know, King James said they'll cast out devils. He quoted this way, in my name, they'll exercise authority over the devil. could very well cast them out if he didn't exercise authority over them. In my name. In my name. See, he delegated that to us, to the church. Amen? Amen. Then he said, every writer that wrote to the church, wrote a letter to the church, every single one of them told the believer to do something about the devil. Didn't tell him to get anybody to pray for him. Didn't tell him to get anybody. For instance, he said to me, Peter said, and I remembered the scripture, you know, in 1 Peter, where he said, uh, Your adversary, 1 Peter 5, 5th chapter, you know, there somewhere, 8th, where something along there, you know, Your adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, you see, I like to put it this way. The Holy Ghost said through the Apostle Peter, this isn't just Peter's thought. Your adversary, who is your adversary? The word adversary means opponent. The word adversary means enemy. The word adversary means one arrayed against you. Well, that's our adversary, the devil. He's our opponent, he's our enemy. He's the one that's arrayed against us. And remember, he's the God of this world. And what's he doing? He's walking about, right down here, doing what? Seeking whom he may devour. That's written to believers. That's written to Christians. He's not seeking sinners to devour them. He's already got them. He's seeking Christians to devour them. What are we going to do about it? Now Jesus said to me, Peter could have written to these believers and said, Word has come to me of the minister of our beloved Apostle Paul. Word has come to me that... uh, God's anointed him, and he's sending out handkerchiefs and claws to people. And when these handkerchiefs and claws are laid on them, the evil spirits, that means the demons, that means the devil, the demons, the evil spirits depart from them, and the diseases go out of them. I suggest you send to Paul and get one of those handkerchiefs. That's what Jesus said to me. But said no. Peter said to the believer, "Whom resist? Steadfast in the faith." The other time they said, "Your faith." Well, that means you have to have the authority to do it, or you couldn't do it. But every believer has the same authority. Every believer, Amen. You may think you're the least of the least, but you have the same authority. You you have the same name, Amen. I said, amen. Amen. I said, "Amen." amen. But now here's where we miss it again. Here's where we miss it again. We know sometimes that name belongs to us. We know that. How many folks in the church have authority over the devil? Huh? All members do. But you see. Let's go real quickly over to Ephesians 4.27. Notice what happens. Here Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus. Believers. And he said, neither give place to the devil. That's another scripture. This is the third reference. Neither give place to the devil. Now what does that mean? That means the devil can't take any place in you unless you let him. Doesn't it? You see, you is the understood subject. You don't give any place to the devil. That means he can't take any place in you unless you let him. But that means he can if you let him. Now, you couldn't keep him from taking place in you if you didn't have authority over it, could you? But you have the authority. And so many Christians, they either don't know they have the authority or they just willingly go ahead and yield to him. And he takes, certainly takes a place in their life very often, doesn't he? But you know, they've got authority over him to cast him out, put him on the run. I said, they do. Amen. And then again, even we, if we're not careful, remember, we walk by faith and not by what? Sight. Sight. You see, even we, in dealing with these things, want sometimes before we believe to see something. But faith is evidence of things not seen. Amen. Amen. Smith Wigglesworth is one of the greatest exponents of faith, I guess, since the days of the Apostle Paul. One of the Assemblies of God minister told me, not only me, but several other ministers. He was pastor several years ago over here in Kansas City when, when Wigglesworth was here. And this Assemblies of God minister told that a lady of his congregation had lost her mind. She is saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. And I don't know what happened to her. She's about middle age, going through the change of line, maybe began to worry or something. So she just lost her mind. They couldn't bring her out to church because this something got a hold of her and she'd just tear up the service, get up and start cursing and, and just tear up the bench almost. They couldn't bring her out. Well, her family didn't want to put her away. They tried to keep her in the home. And so this pastor said Wigglesworth was there preaching. In fact, he had him to come to the city and, and, and he'd take a day off a week. That's a rest day. And he said, I prevailed on him to go to this with me to this woman's home. Told him the circumstances, it was wintertime, and so we went to the home. We were in the living room, he pulled off his top coat, laid it down, his hat, laid it down, and they brought this woman in, cause she's in the room, back in the back of the house, they brought her up there. As Soon as he got into the room, you see, and she saw the pastor, well she did, really, I guess she lost her mind now, she don't even know that he is her pastor but she saw these ministers you see the devil knew who they were and he just started throwing a fit and cursing just 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 like the pastor said that dear woman dear saint of God devil got a hold of her. just a cursing like a sailor we say down in Texas cussing and so he said Wigglesworth we we brought in the room we stood up and said Wigglesworth just born to and said come out of there in the name of Jesus turn around, pick up his top coat, put it on, got his hat headed for the front door. And that pastor said, I thought, dear God, didn't he go to minister to her? <laughs> he thought maybe it'd take half the day. And so he said, I know, and Wigglesworth said, I followed him because, <laughs> and so he said, that woman followed us all the way to the front door, cussing him. And as we went out the door, Wigglesworth turned around and said, I told you to come out. We got in the car and this pastor said, I wouldn't say anything to him. I thought, dear God, I wish I hadn't brought him over here. That's a failure. <laughs> see, the pastor's going beside Wigglesworth going by faith. Amen. Amen. Amen? The pastor said I wouldn't even talk to him. I, I just a so mad. Wasted all this time to bring him over here. Can't you see the dear woman getting get, deliver, get, get delivered? Well, she followed him all the way to the front door, cursing him. So he said, I dropped him off where he stayed and went on, you know. Went home, his wife asked, said, well, just a total failure. I thought, sure, he'd minister to her. I said, well, didn't he? Well, he said all he said sudden, just come out. But he said in three days' time the woman's perfectly all right. And when he was telling this twenty years later, she was still in the church and on fire for God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. See, we walk by faith. Yes. We walk by faith. Yes. We walk by faith. Yes. Not beside. And so many people in this area they fall back to walking beside. Well, I do care what the devil says. So I said, well, get the devil to talk to you. He talks to me enough without talking to somebody. Said <laughs> so that, how you know, how you know what he said? So anyway, because the Bible said he's a liar. Now, he will tell the truth sometimes. I remember one time we was having healing school over here. And then we were ministering to folk because we didn't have a prayer healing building back there. So we was in this other room. And this fellow came down. I forgot where he came from. St. Louis, I think, Chicago, somewhere. And some of the fellows trying to deal with So they asked me to come. We began to deal with him. He had three, three devils in him. We cast two of them out. And so I said, well, let's take away because we got too many spectators. So we took him off into another place. And, uh, and, and, and that devil in him would say, I hate all Roberts. I hate Oral Roberts. I said, I know it. Shut up. And then he would say, I hate intercessors. I hate intercessors. Well, he's telling the truth then. I said, I know it. Shut up and come out. In Jesus' name. Sure you do. He don't like intercessors. The devil don't like intercessors. He don't uh, uh, like Oral Roberts or anybody else that's doing anything for God. He don't even like you. (laughs) Amen. Amen. I said amen. Amen. I said amen. Amen. He's a liar. But he'll tell the truth once in a great while. Because the devil is hate. Amen. Amen. But we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. Amen. Hallelujah. The name of Jesus, say it out loud, the name of Jesus belongs, belongs to, me. to me. The name of Jesus, the name of Jesus belongs, belongs to, the to the church. And I'm a part, I'm a, part. I'm, a I'm a member of the body of Christ. Of body of Christ. That name Amen. Belongs to me belongs to I, have the I have the authority To use that name, use that name In prayer, in prayer. I, have the I have the authority To use that name, use that against, name. The devil, against the devil Demons, demons Evil spirits, evil spirits all, the evil. all the forces of evil And that name, and that name is, greater is greater Than any name, than any name. Hallelujah Hallelujah, Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah! I am redeemed. I am, redeemed. I, am I am delivered from the authority of darkness. Darkness has no authority over me. Satan has no authority over me. Satan cannot dominate me. Satan cannot dominate. Sin cannot dominate me. Cannot dominate me. Jesus, Jesus, me. Is Jesus is my Lord. Hallelujah. Stand up and praise Him. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise His holy name forever. 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 Holy name forever. Holy name forever. Holy name forever. Hallelujah! Fit in here? I don't know. Maybe the singer's gonna sing something, don't know whether they got anything new or not. Amen. He used to get something new right off, right hot off the wire. Glory to God, amen. Amen. I just sort of felt like he had something. Glory to God. Glory to God. They just fit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Well, I've been delivered by the blood.
1: I am. By the name of Jesus, by the power of the Spirit, I've been delivered by the blood of the Lamb. I was in darkness, down on my luck. The devil ruled over me, kept me in the buck. I looked to Jesus. Fear.